Hey SGT and Lifetime Nation, as we close up this year, it's no secret that we have had our share of trials and tribulations served in plenty. But one thing that has been outstanding for me has been the importance of connection, genuine, true, and honest connection. I have been so grateful for the connections I've made this year through our SGT Coaches Only podcast, Behind the Name Tag. It's allowed me to meet some pretty wonderful people and share their stories. I hope we can all continue to break down the walls that we create within Lifetime and reach out to those that we wish to learn from. We have such a rich society of knowledge amongst all of us, it would be a shame not to tap into that source. So if you're waiting for a sign, this is it. Reach out, reach out to me, reach out to someone inside Lifetime, outside Lifetime, but let's just connect more. Stay curious. Get inspired by the endless possibilities of growth and expansion. Do for yourself what we selflessly do for others on a daily basis. And on that note, I want to take a moment to thank you, fitness professionals, for all your tireless hours of dedication to our profession, to helping people change their lives, evolve, fall in love with their bodies, and tap into their potential. We are essential to the health and fitness industry. You matter, you're appreciated, and you're seen. So cheers to a new year of appreciating the most simple things. Our differences are what make us unique, but it's our humanity that brings us together. Stay healthy, my friends. Happy New Year, Lifetime family. Welcome to Behind the Name Tag, More Than a Coach, with your host, Vanessa. On this podcast, we talk about who your coach is when the name tag comes off. What makes this coach tick? How did they get started? And what kept them going? What coach inspired them? Do they have any passions outside of coaching? And most importantly, what do they want their legacy to be? Tune in to Behind the Name Tag, More Than a Coach. Welcome back to Behind the Name Tag, More Than a Coach, Why Coaches Are Humans Too. On this podcast, we interview some coaches across the nation to find out who they truly are and what makes them tick. And today, we have on Nick. Nick, where are you at, dude? Hey, uh, I am in Gilbert, Arizona. Ah, How are you doing today? Pretty good, pretty good. It's a rare, cloudy day out here, so it's nice. I'm, I'm loving it. Good fall vibes. Yeah, oh my gosh, Texas is so bipolar. So today we actually finally got some good like 50 degree, 60 degree weather. But you know, Texas, we always have this saying, you don't like the weather, wait a minute, because it's going to just shift. So (laughs) unfortunately, it'll be very short lived, but I'm getting out my hoodie today and I'm going to enjoy it and have my coffee out on the porch and just soak it in. Perfect. Yeah. So speaking of really nice weather, um, tell us a little bit about where you were born and raised. Uh, well, actually, <laughs> it would have been the opposite of good <laughs> weather, I suppose. Um, I was born um, in like the very far northeast corner of Montana, so oh. like 30 minutes from Canada, 30 minutes from North Dakota sort of thing, so way up there. Oh, is that not? I feel like that would be really pretty, or is it just very cold? Well, it is. It's beautiful. I mean, definitely every every place kind of, you know, pretty in its own way. It's very, it's like the plains, you know, so just like rolling prairie. Yeah. So it's awesome. But in, in the wintertime, it's like super below freezing, like just tundra up there. Kind of miserable a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as a kid, it was fun because there's snow and things, you know, and you don't really realize it. But yeah, it's brutal. After being an adult and going back to visit, those times like you're like oh my gosh how do people live up here i know we don't really get snow we get sleet and ice and we call it snow so we you know we get in trouble with you know skating on the tubes and stuff on the major streets (laughs) like just for fun (laughs) but yeah i've always wanted to go to alberta canada i know the glacier lakes are really really pretty yeah, so where I was where I was living, it was right under like Saskatchewan, I believe, if my Canadian uh, <laughs> geography is, <laughs> is fine. But um, yeah, a lot a lot of snow up there um, in the winter times. Um, never really did like any like skiing or that kind of stuff. Where I where I was from, it was more like they pull you behind the 
the truck in like some old tire or a hood or something like that. So not a lot of <laughs> traditional winter sports. Oh, I thought you were going to tell me that you got to do like the husky mushing or whatever it's called. No, no. Oh, I was going to be so no. excited. Okay. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. If you're brave enough to go outside, they would just kind of like, you know, tow you around for 30 minutes before you froze to death and then you'd go back inside. That's hilarious. Our form is uh, putting trash bags in the back of a pickup truck and then filling it up with water since we have the opposite. (laughs) We have the opposite problem. It's too hot down here. So we try to cool off any way that we can. (laughs) I've seen videos of that. That's hilarious. No, yeah, that's an accurate depiction. Obviously, we don't ride horses everywhere like everybody else in the world thinks that we do. But, you know, (laughs) I guess you do wear boots around like a lot. But it's pretty funny um that's awesome so tell me something about yourself i like hearing the juicy stories about you know things that something embarrassing your family only knows tell me something oh geez um uh well when i was a kid i was my brother and i both were like obsessed with um like break dancing okay so yeah. So when I was a child, and he probably even like through junior high, maybe even high school, I was a, like I always tried to like dance like Michael Jackson, like all the time. Didn't that everybody? Like yeah, right. Right. But I was like, you know, I was dead certain I was good at it, which I wasn't. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, like my now, if there's any sort of family function, whether it's like a wedding or you know any any kind of get together there's always music involved so they'll, someone will put it on and be like oh my gosh Nick do your thing and I'm just like so embarrassed that <laughs> even, and I don't you know unless I get like super drunk or something but that never happens anymore so. uh, right I mean I feel like after 30 the the amount of times we drink turns into like a quarterly basis if that yeah yeah because I gotta get to bed I can't stay up past midnight oh my gosh around like nine ten o'clock I'm done for the day so yeah <laughs> but um I also hear you're a big Star Wars fan yeah big big time like, super nerdy <laughs> Yeah, uh, like, and unapologetic about it, too. Like, I I, I even read, like, the, um, like, the Star Wars novels, and I know all the backstories wow. and all that kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah, I try to get my kids into it. Like, even since my oldest was a tiny, I would buy her, like, Star Wars onesies and Star Wars shirts and stuff, and I just try to, like, force it on them. Um, no pun intended. <laughs> That's um, funny. <laughs> But they're they're not really they're not really biting on it. So that's, that's so that's funny. Kind of that's At so least fu- not yet. Maybe someday they will. Maybe like maybe it's like a middle school. How young are your kids, by the way? Uh, my oldest is just about to turn eight. Okay. Um, my son just turned um, five just two days ago. Oh, okay. Happy belated. Yeah, and then my littlest one, she won't be. She's gonna be two in February. Oh, that's a cute, that's a cute age. Yeah, so they're all about three years apart, so they're little still. Gotcha. Yeah, just give them a little while, because I feel like, I know we had the VHSs, like, in my, I can even picture it in my old house, where we had all of the Star Wars lined up, and we would occasionally just get them all out and watch them together. My dad and I were big Star Wars, Star Trek. He always got me on, like, the Archie comics or... Anytime a Marvel would come out, he would always explain, like, the backstory, which I thought was always kind of really cool because those stories you could always just connect from generations to generations because it had been around so long. So I always thought that was really cool. And he always got to, like, nerd out and be like, yeah, so this character and this character. And I was like, Dad, was it like the comics? And he was like, ah, they did okay, they did okay, or something like that. But it was always super fun. Yeah, so. that's the dream, man. I I'm like, I'm, <laughs> I can't wait for the day to where I'm like, all right, guys, it's Star Wars weekend or week, <laughs> I guess, at this point. When there's yeah. so many movies where we could all just have, like, a big marathon. But um, I always throw it out there, even, like, on my birthday or something, and they're just like, ugh, I don't know, Papa, that doesn't sound very fun. <laughs> what do they like? What are what's what are they obsessed with right now? Um, It kind of shifts. Like, my son is really into... Um, Sonic the Hedgehog, yeah, like a Sonic the oh, Hedgehog birthday. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, but he was, the last couple of years, he was really big into um, Spider-Man, like the Miles Morales Spider-Man. Mm. Okay. And then, 
My oldest goes back and forth. Like, she's into pandas right now, but she's like a <laughs> classic, like, everything is rainbows and unicorn kind of thing. But last year, she was into the world. Like, everything was the world. Everything was, um, I love the entire world. She had, a, like, a world-themed birthday party last year. That's cool. It was kind of weird, yeah. But so, everything, like, little earths and globes and stuff everywhere. Hmm. Sounds like she, she might. Was, yeah, she even she even dressed as the Earth for Halloween last year. <laughs> she you have a little hippie child on your hands, is what yeah, it sounds I'm like. Yeah, I'm trying, man. I, I hope they <laughs> stay that way. That's so cute. Um, and I know that there's another big part of your life too that you've done for about 20 years. Can you tell us a little bit about that hobby or interest? Oh yeah, yeah. So I've been man, 20 years. Holy cow! Yeah, it's been that long. I've been a, a DJ for about 20 years now. That's insane. Um, yeah, it's cool. It's it's uh, definitely yeah. Hobby is a good word for it now because I don't don't really do it professionally, but I've been doing it. Yeah, I started when I was um, I guess a freshman in college. And uh, that was back when it was all like vinyl too. So um, it was an expensive hobby because yeah. you'd have to buy these records, you know. And um, I was really into dance music, like electronic music. I grew up in a place that didn't really have it. Nor, I mean, we didn't even really have the internet back then. Either. Right. So I, couldn't, I couldn't like stream music and discover new music. So um, I'm, I went to UNLV um, in Las Vegas for college and. Uh, they had, you know, big nightclubs and stuff, and Vegas being Vegas, uh, you know, that's what you would do on the weekend. So one, before I was even old enough to go to a club, I would sneak in with someone else's driver's license. And um, But I was introduced to this world of, like, electronic dance music that I'd never, ever really heard growing up. And so it was kind of a big deal for me. It was very, very life-changing. Like, um, I would even sneak in sometimes without my friends just to listen to the music, you know, not to just party. And I mean, as a college kid, I couldn't afford drinks or anything anyway, but <laughs> just go just to, just to be around the music and watch these DJs do it and see what they did and, and like try to figure out how they did it and why they did it and why they chose these songs and yeah, that kind of stuff. So I've been, yeah, I've been at it for a long time. Yeah. I've, I've always been kind of disappointed in that like that clubs always have to close down so early I guess because I'm, I'm in Texas and especially like in Austin I was a little bit surprised because there was only like one place that really could stay open down on on 6th Street in downtown that would stay open till I think around like four um but and they were they were big on dance music and techno and all that kind of stuff but I just always thought it was really interesting, and I remember this movie, and you probably, you might know it, but it's, I think it was Zac Efron that was, he was, he was going to try to be a DJ, and he starts talking about how uh, certain frequencies hit certain body parts or do certain things to make people move in a certain way, and so there's like, there's an actual like science and, and reason behind the certain beat mixes, which I always thought was really cool. Um, and it makes sense, you know, there's, there's, there's those songs that kind of really hit you right in the feels or like really makes you just have kind of an emotional experience. Is there any song that you feel like that does that for you that's kind of like maybe been around your whole life or I guess one song like right now that kind of gets you in the feels? Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's a really good point. I haven't seen that movie, but um, that makes sense. Like everything is everything in our world is so data driven. So like they know the science behind everything, you know, even on a, like a personal training level, like right. fitness and stuff, everything's data. But um, yeah, I don't know. There's, there's definitely, that's just changing so often. I always hear so many different songs, but um, there's probably a couple that would do that for me right now. Um, I kind of listen to a little bit of everything and even like DJ, um, I kind of do it all across the board, but Right now, there's a song that I heard a couple weeks ago that I've been playing a lot. It's by um, OT Genesis, and it has Chris Brown and um, Charlie Wilson from, like, the Gap Band, like, back in the day on it. Oh, okay. It's, yeah, it's called Back to You. I, I It's just, it's got, like, the, um, they took that outstanding beat um, from the Gap Band, which is like makes me think of um, you know 1994, 95, yeah. Andy Rain, so for real vibes, you know. Yeah. So it's got like a little bongo. I don't know what it is. Just it just 
like I put it on and it's like you instantly have to like stand up and smile and start like dancing. You know, um, I, I love that about Chris Brown because I feel like he always brings in good beats or obviously like Timberland is always one of my favorites or Missy Elliott. They always have, because I like heavy bass. Like I I love mm-hmm. the the more the stuff that you're just kind of like, <laughs> I call it, you, you put your stank face on and you're just like, I can't, yeah, totally. I can't not like, <laughs> I can't not like move right now. <laughs> yeah. But... There's a couple others too. Like that's that's probably on like on the hip hop side. There's one or a couple. There's one. Actually, my son was into this one too. Um, by an artist um, named Annabelle England. Okay. And it's like a dance song. It's like a house song. Um, the song is called "So Hot," and it's um, like the the MK I think remix, MK Nightlap uh-huh. remix. Um, but it's as far as like feelsy goes, like it's just a really like driving like kind of classic house song but yeah. the vocals like the woman's vocals are just very kind of haunting yeah Ooh. And, um okay. yeah it's just really pretty and, and, the, and the lyrics are like are about you know it's like the um, where she has feelings for somebody sort of thing and like the person makes her really nervous and she just kind of wants to like that's kind of the the song is so hot like she it makes her hot like physically hot oh yeah like she's embarrassed um, a little that's cute yeah, I love it. It's just something about it. Like, it's it's a awesome song. Like, you'll dance for sure, but also, like, it's just the, the combination of the... Maybe it's that science you're talking about, the yeah. different frequencies. But it's just, like, perfect. Well, it's just emotionally... It, it just it reminds you of whenever you felt that way, I guess. It's, like, it's very poetic in its nature that it just reminds you of a, a nostalgic feeling that where you experienced that. So I think that that's why... For sure. You know, music, smells, food, all of it feels like such universal language to connect with humanity in general, which is why I love it, because even if you don't speak the language or you're not from the culture, like, you can appreciate a beat and you can appreciate flavor and things like that so those are always for my sure favorite yeah. yeah it's the universal language yes. you know like even like there's like i listen to a lot of like latin pop and stuff too and even coming from you know uh, hispanic heritage and i don't speak spanish like i don't even know what they're saying half the right. time, but it's just so good you just can't like not dance to it you know it's just it's just universal. I've always heard, though, that some of the best ways, and one of, I I only know one song fully, and I can sing, like, every single word in Spanish. That's the Enrique Iglesias Dimula song. It's, like, the ping pong song. And <laughs> if I, I, like, I tell you what, I'll bust it out in a karaoke, because I'll, like, I'll, like, that's the one time between tequila and karaoke, it just, it ends up kind of coming out at some point, but... That's awesome. So you yeah. know the, you know the, like you could say it, but you know what it all, like what all the words mean. And stuff. Oh yeah, I mean that's the easiest oh, way awesome. to learn how to to do like translations and speaking is because if you know the English version, then it's so much easier to have the proper inflection and like and like intention, I guess, behind you singing the the Spanish version. So it's just For easy. Sure. And he makes it really easy. He's, a, he's able to articulate things really well. Like, if it's a little bit faster or something like that, it's really hard for me. But, like, um, but being around, um, you know, I was at UTSA, and we were, um, I was involved in the Hispanic Student Association. And I'm not Hispanic myself, or not that I know of. I actually just got one of those, like, 23andMe things, so we'll see. But um, <laughs> you never know, because they come up with some surprises. But... Um, but yeah, but I love being around Latinos my whole life because I played soccer. So it was a very worldly mm. sport. So at, sure. yeah. at UTSA, you know, I was around people from Africa or Puerto Rico or Brazil or whatever. So we were always listening to something Spanish. And then um, I'm blanking on his name right now. Oh, Tiesto. So Tiesto was like really big whenever we were in college. And he used to DJ at like local places, local clubs around San Antonio and he was a part of the same association. So it was neat to be able to have him, you know, like barely like hands width from us. And then I guess, you know, him blowing up and stuff was kind of was a was a cool like experience to see him kind of blow up. So, yeah, for sure. That's that was awesome. neat. So what's one of the favorite places that you have DJed before um, or maybe a place that you've never DJed before, but, you know, would be like a brilliant spot to DJ? Oh, yeah. Oh man, that's a that's a good one. Well, um, 
I was kind of a music snob as a DJ. You know, like that. By that I mean, like when I first started, I was, um, you know, like I only played this kind of music. Like I only, I only spun hard house music or trance music or whatever, you know. So, yeah. Um, which was lame. But <laughs> I, 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 coming up in Vegas, when I did um, DJing, you know, the club scene was really big, and um, it still is. Um, but you kind of, you know, you had to have you know somebody or do something to kind of get your foot in the door and so um i got my foot in the door one time at this place i don't even think it's there anymore it was at the hard rock hotel um and it was a place called babies it was a nightclub there that i used to sneak into all the time and watch like a lot of my favorite djs <laughs> and i got I, I got invited to um be a part of like this kind of like a mix-off like a competition um, and I did that, so it was really like surreal playing at a place that I had like snuck into and dreamed of playing at um, for such a long time. It wasn't a huge club, like I think that it only probably fit like maybe two thousand people in there. It wasn't that you know giant, but it was fun. It was uh, it was me and then a bunch of other DJs, and everybody was doing like hip hop because it was kind of like uh, uh, you know like a mix off. So it was, they were kind of showing their skills. I mean, I didn't really have any. <laughs> as far as that kind of stuff went um, like you know scratching and stuff um, and I was just kind of starting so um, but it was cool I got to play and I played the kind of stuff I want because it was whatever you wanted to play and you know it was just like really driving energetic like dance music and I got the crowd all hyped up and yeah. wild and it, it was so I mean I didn't win obviously but um, it was really fun like and surreal to play at a place like that um, but also I don't know I think my I played, I also um, opened up for some bands um, later on, kind of years later as I progressed through DJing and life and things, I um, I got in with um, this company called uh, Christ in Youth, which did like um, big youth camps for like uh, high school and junior high kids. And so they would like, you know, rent out these big college arenas and things like that. And um, they'd have like these big weekend parties where they'd have music and bands and they'd have someone come, you know, uh, like a speaker and stuff like that. It was pretty cool. But, and I would like open up for these bands, um, which was, I never imagined myself doing something like that. So it'd be like a big like Christian band or something that would come in and I would get the kids all riled up. And, um, you know, the young, the young kids, these high school kids and junior high kids would just, party so hard they would dance so hard and so like the energy you would get you know you'd give out this energy and get them like going crazy and they would just crank it up yeah. like a thousand notches and just give it right back to you so that was that was something really fun that i never expected that i would be doing that was one of the most fulfilling um you know they were just like innocent kids just going ham on the dance floor you know for yeah. 30 40 minutes you know it was awesome yeah i and always then, Sorry, go ahead. Keep going. Oh, oh no! I was just gonna say, yeah. I just it's surprising sometimes when you find yourself like DJing. I also did a a few years ago. I started. I had done, you know, being the snob where like I only do these kind of gigs. <laughs> um, I I ended up like agreeing to do a wedding once, and people would ask me all the time to do weddings. So I'm like, no, I'm not that kind of DJ. I don't I'm not that kind of DJ. And I finally gave in once and did it um, for a friend of mine. It was another trainer um, back when I lived in Portland, and it was like just life changing <laughs> being a part of this this wedding, you know, where you play the music. Um, and it was mainly I just told them like, give me, tell me what you want, tell me what your friends like, like tell me what what is going to make them dance. I'll just do it, you know. It wasn't like a, a lot of creative stuff on my end. It was just like giving, like telling, like they're telling me what they want, and I just like play it and like just for them to know their friends and to know like what their family and stuff is into and like seeing their reaction yeah. was almost like, man, why have I not been doing this for the whole time? It's so fun. Aww, you know, it's so yeah. simple. It's a little bit more, is it like more relaxed? Do you feel oh, for like, sure. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. A little more lighthearted. Yeah. Cause you know, DJing is, it's pretty technical. Right. If you're good, you yeah. know, so it's not a whole lot of like, skills and mixing and all that kind of stuff and, and beat matching i mean it is I'm, i still want to do a good job but like a lot like they don't care and half of them are so drunk anyway you could just totally <laughs> stop the song halfway between or in the middle of a song and start something else and it's you know but it's more about them 
you know it's right. it's really about their their family and their friends and stuff so it's cool to, just to be a part of that yeah i always i've always thought like the music industry the dj's like just the whole the whole scene the whole music scene a lot of the like technical technical um techno um what is it called like magic forest or like there's some there's all these like really interesting like music festivals that are like dj only um or i guess Mm -hmm. dance or trance only that i always thought were kind of like a whole new like world and the dancing styles always kind of like trip me out um i don't know what they're called but they just look like honestly they look like they're just hopping around like but i know that there's like some technicality to it but i just thought that's you know something i never really got into a whole lot and I feel like the generations after like the 20 somethings now it's like such a big deal for them I don't know why for sure yeah yeah it's it's awesome to like see that how each like new generation or each next wave has like they bring their own thing you know yeah that's true so (laughs) training is so closely related to teaching um you know because of the education aspects and I hear you also taught before you uh were into training can you tell us a little bit about that experience yeah, so I went to I went I was in college for um, PE. I was going to be a PE. Well, I was I was a PE teacher for about four years, um, and that was that was super fun. Like I definitely missed it. It was uh, kindergarten through eighth grade, so I had a pretty wide um, you know array of of students. You know, from really little little who don't even you know know how to run basically without falling over to the junior high kids who thought they were just too cool to do anything including just like stand there you know so yeah but it was cool i had i i loved it i the first year i had like total total creative freedom to do whatever i want as far as like curriculum and stuff goes um and um the the unlv you know PE program was really good so it was all movement based you know uh motor skills all that all the basic kind of stuff um, so we did that. Um, the, I think the PE teacher who was there was before me was just like, "All right, today we're going to learn how to play kickball. Tomorrow we're going to learn how to play volleyball. We're going, you know, so it was just kind of sports." Mm. Um, but that wasn't really my jam. I was like, "Well, let's figure out how the body works. How does it, right. how do we move? You know, like um, I remember once it was, uh, you know, it was outside. So it was Las Vegas. It was a really old school, so there wasn't like a gym, and it was really tiny." Um, it was actually like an old Catholic school. Um, so it was kind of just like an older building and stuff. I don't even know if it's still standing there, but, um, anyway, you know, occasionally it would, you know, rain or have inclement weather where it's not a thousand degrees. So we would go inside the classroom. Um, and, uh, I loved, obviously still do love, um, you know, nutrition and health, like that side of, of fitness. And so we, one day we were talking with my kids in each of their classroom, we were just talking about like nutrition and I had lunch duty the prior day, and I remember there was a couple of kids, I think they were fifth graders, who had, like, Lunchables um, at lunch, which is whatever, but they had, like, pizza Lunchables, and the tomato sauce on their little Lunchable <laughs> thing was blue. <laughs> I know, and I was just like, what the hell? So what are you eating? Like, yeah, what is that? What are you doing? What are you putting in your body? You know, are you, why is that blue? And they're just like, I don't know, Mr. S, whatever. So <laughs> it tastes good. It started, yeah, right? It tastes good. Um, so it started the conversation. So like on that rainy day, we talked about, you know, like food, like nutrition. Like what are you putting in your body? It's like, you know what made it? And we talked about like the Lunchables. Um, and so like their homework was to like this to discover or explore the ingredients on whatever they're eating you know not that it's good or bad but just for awareness sake and so i had told them that they had homework which they thought was bizarre from their pe teacher to begin with but they they was to go home and you know check out what your you know your snacks are if your parents are making food or you know look at the box look at the whatever they're doing and um and, and just kind of explore what you're putting in your body and um like the next day or two after it was like all hell had broken loose. Like I got a bunch of phone calls from uh, <laughs> angry parents. Yeah. And now that, yeah, and that was never the intention was to call out their parents. It was just to be aware for these kids for education's sake, just to be aware of the choices that they're making or what they're putting in their body. And at a young age, you know, they really don't have a lot of say um, in the food that they're choosing, but right. awareness is important. So, 
um, that really caused a stir, and I wasn't allowed to really talk about that anymore <laughs> after that <laughs> incident. And then as the, the years progressed, too, it was more like, you know, the next year it was like 45 minutes with each class rather than an hour, and then 35 minutes. And then I, I think I remember by like that last year, it was like, okay, Nick, we just want you to teach them how to play volleyball, and I need you to oh, just, wow. just teach them how to play baseball, or you know, so... That was kind of, that's where the trend was going. Um, so there was a lot of disconnect from the excitement of, of the education aspect into like where the mandated, you know, curriculum and that kind of stuff. So I kind of ended up moving out of that, but and then naturally moving into personal training. Yeah, where right you have that. a little bit more control and you have a little bit more, and I, and I don't, I, it's hard for me to not say like you have more impact because I, like, I thank God for teachers, and I love coaches. Like, the coaches I grew up with, I still remember even my elementary school coach. I was just talking about my high school coach, like, the other day, um, you know? And, like, you have lasting impact. You can. It's just it's oh, really, sure, really yeah. tough to be able to work with, you know, school um, expectations, uh, time, you know, limits, lack of resources, et cetera, which is why, you know, I was originally an education major mixed in with, you know, uh, with PE. So I, that's what I thought I was going to do as well. But then when I started kind oh, of cool. getting into, um, it was actually way back whenever I, my mom had gotten divorced and I was trying to help her get out of a rut and I was like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I was like, but I do have some previous weightlifting experience from being, you know, in varsity soccer. So let's go around in your, in your apartment gym and just kind of mess around. Like, let's get you moving, mom. And so I was taking her through a workout and I was like, this is actually kind of fun. Like, and it, and I saw like, I noticed how it impacted her and kind of lifted her out of like, you know, she's post 20 years of a, uh, of a marriage and it was, it was rough. So to be able to see someone that close to me, kind of come out of that that place um all by just doing movement I was like I can do this for like life like this is a job so yeah. Yeah, I went back is. and I changed my major and it was like kind of over from there and I, I still did you know followed through with go I still had to go into schools and still kind of see how the system worked and and it was even just more um affirmation when I saw just like 50 kids to one teacher and you had to do yeah. like roll call and then by the end you only have 15 minutes with them I mean it was just it was just tough yeah. and you kind of you just you end up feeling so bad for the kids because you're like man like they're really missing out on some essential education on how to move their bodies and understand mm -hmm. their bodies you know but that's yeah, a, absolutely that's yeah, a whole nother conversation <laughs> the school system is a whole nother conversation yeah um but what keeps you i know that you sound passionate through your education um you know just educating individuals what makes you passionate keeps you passionate about training um do you have a favorite client story or a personal fitness story that comes to mind well i mean it's kind of like what, how you were just saying with your mom you know like um you, you get to be like when you when you're a part of someone's life change or or their their personal improvement or like you see them on their journey you know like it's very fulfilling for you as an individual not just that person so right um like it's just incredible to to do that so i feel like as a trainer that's just like this never-ending process that we get to be a part of and i've heard other trainers like kind of speak about it the opposite way or like they get bored but I, I don't, it's just so fulfilling to me to be alongside someone as their life unfolds in these positive directions, you know, it's just really, it's just really fun and it's always, it's always exciting, like whenever you get a new client, um, you know, you get to watch them do things for the first time or discover themselves, you know, it's like when you're, um, um, it's like when you're a, you're a kid or something, you go to the movies, you know, and yeah. you already know what the movie is going to be, but as soon as, like, the opening credits roll mm -hmm. and you get all excited about it, like, you don't know, but you know that it's going to be awesome and you're just, like, you're still ready and, like, you get the 20th Century Fox or the Paramount thing or whatever that comes in. Yeah. And you just get so hyped up. And you're like, this is going to be awesome. This is going to be awesome. That's kind of how it is with, like, a new client every time, you know. You get you meet someone and they decide to, to make that decision to change their life and, and, and have you guide them. And you're just like, oh, my gosh, this is going to be so great. I can't wait. You know, it's like every time 
you just get fulfilled over and over and over by being part of someone's journey like that, you know? So it's, it's weird to even think of it as like a a job that we get, you know, paid I to do know. something like that. It blows, it blows my mind because I've always, and I don't remember who told me this first, so, like, I definitely give them a lot of credit, but I remember saying, I remember someone saying it this way. It's like everybody that you're in front of is somebody's mom, dad, father, you know, like a brother, sister, or whatever. Like, so you need to be able to think about the person that you love the most, and you need to understand that's that's their person. So you better treat For them, sure. you know, like you know, like the most important person in the room. Um, and I was always, uh, I was actually talking with um, another one of our trainers um, on a on a episode that will come out as well. He actually was able to work with NFL athletes, and then now I was like, so what's the big difference between, or the similarity between NFL athletes and gen pop? And he's like, honestly, we're all we're all skin and bones. Like we're all, you know, we all kind of want to move most op- in the most optimal way in the most safe way. And I was like, yeah, that's true. It's like every time you look at some uh, individual new client, new potential client in front of you there's so many variables going on and i think that it's like it's like figuring out a little puzzle piece it's like okay like you know okay well like what's your eating history what's your movement history like yeah and then one of my very very much like that because everyone has they all bring their all these different little tiny intricate pieces about them to the table you know and then it's our job to kind of decipher all that and put the plan in place and to me that is so exciting you know you get to try to uncover that and like make all those pieces fit and get them to where they want to go you know that's pretty awesome and then at the same time it is actually motivating to me personally because i feel like it keeps me accountable you know when you're explaining how things are or how things work or how things move or nutrition or whatever you know like they're you're educating but they look to you because you're kind of their coach now and so you have to walk the walk and talk the talk and all that stuff too and so it it's and it, it makes me i feel like it still makes me be a better person and it makes me work hard too so it just the accountability is there on both and whether they my clients realize that or not but i mean i i'm pretty open with them like i give them access to my fitness pal and they see right. what i'm eating you know you know it's just it's just such a uh, uh a relationship where it works both ways you know well yeah and then i think you know, for whoever feels like they're kind of getting bored in our industry, then I just don't feel like you're challenging. Like that, that should be something that's like a self-responsibility, like understand like, sure. what's going on to, to make you bored. Like, obviously you're not challenging yourself and, you know, maybe there's, maybe you need to kind of like, I don't know, mix up the movement styles that you are incorporating with your clients. Or when I get quote unquote, like kind of non-stimulated, okay, I'm going to dive into nutrition. And one, you know, particular passion um, of mine is psychology. Like, why do we do the things that we do? Because it's so much more tied in with our movement patterns or lack of movement patterns or energy for the day. I mean, the brain is just like endless possibilities. And then, you know, um, going and in, diving into epigenetics, it's just like, it's mind blowing. Mm-hmm. Um so what is one challenge in your moment, uh, or challenging moment in your life that you're grateful for the lesson that it taught you? Oh, geez. <laughs> one moment? Yeah. Um, <laughs> you're like, you uh, got all day? <laughs> <laughs> How long is this podcast? <laughs> yeah. um, I, you know, honestly, I would just maybe even state the obvious and just say, like, this last year, like, this mm-hmm. this 2020, um there's just isn't it weird though isn't it weird to you that this year and i'm sure everybody said it but i'll say it again that the year is called 2020 it's in hindsight as 2020 so you can't see it any other way than a silver lining right like even seriously yeah I, i feel like there's just been so much change um that's happened and maybe even a little it's just the last year in general like there's just i feel like um there was so much loss um, yeah. in my life, you know, yeah. like I just, I, I feel like I lost my identity uh, a lot of ways, um, which was really, really challenging on a personal level. Like I've gone through a lot, um, you know, what things closing up, as you know, a lot of the gyms and stuff close up, um, fitness facilities is kind of like getting just, there's ghost towns all of a sudden, you know, because of the virus and stuff. And, 
you know, we put so much um, focus on who we are, what we do every day, like we were just talking about, how fulfilling that is to me to work with my clients and, and coach people through change and, 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 you know, even myself working out and staying healthy and staying fit and all that stuff, and then all of a sudden, it was just taken away yeah. um, in a moment's time, you know, and then you had to kind of <laughs> figure out who you are again, so it was tough. There was a lot of loss. Um, I, I felt like I was really struggling with my identity for a little while there. Um, there was a lot of other things that's happened in my life too over the last year. You know, there's a lot, there's lots of relationships and and a lot of other things. But um, yeah, I, I really uh, I discovered. I think the lesson through all that is that I um, I discovered that we have the ability to um, or understanding maybe to. Um, to make ourselves whoever we want to be, regardless yeah. of our circumstance, you know. Yeah. So, um, and I think, and I, I think that goes back farther, you know, thinking about this year and having all this time off, and and, and you know, just kind of ruminating and just sitting around a lot, um, thinking about that stuff. I think it goes back all the way to like, you know, our childhoods and things where we're like brought up a certain way, thinking a certain thing, things are supposed to be a certain way. Um, and then when things shift, we just like lose who we are. And I think that I'm very grateful for 2020 for that reason, because, um, it made me really dive into some of that stuff and understand that it's okay. You know, I feel like I've been wrestling, um, in my life for the last year or so with a lot of, you know, I've, I've gone through like a divorce. I've gone through a lot of other things and relationships up and down and lots of a job, lots of all these other things. And, um, you know, like you you get lost and you're just like, well, what the heck? Who, what, what now? Who am I now? You know, and right. I think that it's, it's cool that it, it gave me a blank slate um, and it let me understand that I have the ability to create whatever life I want, you know, and it doesn't have to be normal as far as whatever blueprint I was raised to think that I need to follow, you know, like it's my you know, life to to make whatever I want. Anything's okay, you know. If just because I may not be a trainer at the moment doesn't mean I, you know, I'm not the same Nick. And because I'm not married anymore, I'm not the same Nick. And I'm not this, you know, because my life has changed or I've shifted the main parts of of who I am or what my everyday life looks like. It doesn't mean that I'm not that same. You know, I'm. I, it's, I feel like it's almost like freed me up to be more me than ever in a weird way that's so interesting because i bet you quite a few trainers specifically but i'm sure quite a few people you know would um agree and connect and sympathize and empathize with what you have to say because you know like for me i had a very similar um experience with um covid because you know, I tie my identity, my worth, my value to my job. So if I'm not working, then like I don't give the world any value. And I'm not very like online savvy as far as connecting and training anybody online. So it wasn't like an easy switch for me to just have clients all of a sudden when everything shut down. And obviously that was discouraged. So um, day two of quarantine, I blew out my back and I actually was like laid out. Um, So I'm not someone that needs drinking or smoking or anything like that for coping mechanisms. Like working out is my coping mechanism. And so losing, losing my job and then losing my body and literally not like only being able to lay down and have to be in that position for weeks out of hand. I was like, okay, like I went into full mode of like, all right, what are we, (laughs) what are we going to get out of this? Like, let's figure out like, you know, this, this is going to be like, there's a blessing in the lesson. There's a blessing. I was like sitting there just like, this sucks so hard, but like, let's like rewind. Like, it's okay. Like I, there's going to be someone that's going to be in front of you. Like your job is going to come back and there's going to be someone that had the same experience. And like, what are we going to absorb and learn from this hard lesson today so that we can pass it on and we can help more people, Vanessa, like, like let's dig deep. Um, but it was like, but yeah, same. I mean, like two weeks before COVID hit, I lost, I lost my dog abruptly from, um, uh, from this just like rapid, um, now I'm even blanking on what it was called, but she, she passed away really, really quickly. She was only four years old. Um, and then I lost my grandmother. I lost, you know, one of our, one of our coworkers, uh, was battling with cancer for a while and we lost him, which was like a major heartbreak. So it was, it was 
um, I don't know if it was just more highlighted because it felt like the world was shut down because naturally, like, death happens, right? Life and death happens. Um, but it just felt heavier when you kept losing people throughout that, like, three-month period. Um, yeah. And it was just – it was so much harder. But same – you know, I went through that same, like, questioning, like, okay, like, let's not tie our identity to our job. Like, we've been trying to learn that lesson as long as you've been alive and as long as you've been working, and yet here yeah. you are. And, you know, I, hey, now now you're laid out, so now your coping mechanism is gone. What are you going to do now? Like, so it it was very introspective, but unfortunately, as an introvert, I'm already that way. So I have yeah. to be <laughs> I have to be careful with um, analysis paralysis. So, <laughs> like, sure. yeah. you know, but it, but I am very grateful now, especially high insight coming back. I feel more balanced and, you know, I was investing time more in my in my relationships and just connecting with people and just kind of coming back to my center and realizing what was important and if it it felt like a very clean slate like okay hey you don't have to go back to training is there anything else that you want to do um it kind of left that open door but I obviously ended up coming back but just realizing like hey let's find a balance like don't smash your body in the ground every workout like we don't need to do that and we don't need to tie your worth to your job like let's figure out something that's a little bit a little bit healthier um yeah and we all i feel like we all you know have we're walking around this understanding that things are supposed to be a certain way right and um and for all this is weird that collectively as a society or as a you know the whole world here we all had to like all of a sudden stop and change um and it, it, I don't know, like there's a, there's a big, there's a lesson and a blessing in that to know right. that, um, you know, things are going to be fine. Things are okay. And it's hard and it's tough. And it's not what we expected. It's, it's nobody expected this sort of thing to happen. Right. Um, but, you know, here we are still. So that's just, it's awesome to, well, to be like, listen, things aren't going to be the way I want them to be. Yep. And it's okay, you know, and there's nothing I could do about it except for moving forward. And it's pretty cool. It's it's interesting to think about our generation having a a, um, a connection in that way, because now you can talk to anyone in the planet and be like, yeah. you know, what was your COVID story? Like something yeah. has happened to everybody that has proven their own resilience or their just their experience. Um, and that's, I don't know, that's, I, that's fa- fast, fascinating to me whenever you can connect with people in those, through those experiences and mm-hmm. I definitely learned a lot. What do you, what do you feel like your kids have taught you? Um, well, kind of, yeah, that too. Like, um, I just being, su- I'm, I'm surprised by them and I've done, they teach me stuff every single day, honestly, yeah. but like just that, like, um, that surprise happens that things like life doesn't always no matter how hard we try or how OCD I am which I definitely am yeah um, uh, you know things are gonna come up and being able to you know um, just to roll with that and or to take whatever personal blueprint we think we have about our life and shift and and make it something else you know i feel like they're always teaching me that and so for them to to, for them to be experiencing that too and watch their little lives in the middle of all this too it really 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 taught me a lot about that yeah adapt adapt and overcome i always think that that's um always such a beautiful expression through um individuals bodies when they're telling me like they come back and I'm like how do you feel how's your body doing today like have you started to reintroduce like certain things that I was suggesting you know is it helping is it not and they're like yeah I feel this way or that way and I'm like isn't that a beautiful thing how smart your body is (laughs) like that's it's just and it it blows my mind every time too and I, I love I love when you know members and clients like see that little light bulb change and they're like, yeah, I never knew how good my body and my life could be by such small changes. I've just kind of accepted my life for what it was. Yeah. Um, yep. And I'm just like, man, that's so sad to me that people are living in such a like altered state and they just by small differences, I mean, putting themselves mm-hmm. first, um, especially yes. with, you know, for me like working out and having this safe space and eating well is huge on you know mental stability and mental health um 
is there a moment in your life where fitness kind of impacted your mental health and kind of like, is there anything that touches your heart in that aspect? Yeah, totally. Um, I feel like, you know, in a lot of life we kind of, um, and we focus on even like now, like with the COVID stuff, we're always thinking about back to normal, back to how things were, and you're thinking kind of backwards. You're always thinking about the past. Yeah, you know, it doesn't and, um, exist anymore. Yeah, we think about that a lot. We carry a lot of that, you know, whether it's regret or pain or whatever from the past. And um, fitness is an interesting thing because it's entirely focused on well, two things really. It's it's what you you currently have now, so you appreciate helps you to appreciate what you you actually have that's tangible that you can work with. And then your focus is entirely on the future. It's entirely future-based. So now you're focusing on all this potential you have. So fitness has, like, helped me a lot. I've had a lot of experiences in my life where you dwell on the pain of the past or experiences of the past or things that you didn't do or things that you missed, you know, and and really, and I had gone to, you know, fitness and exercise as kind of an escape or as a, something to just take my mind off of but it's really helped me change my mindset a lot um you know understanding that it's that life is about you know what a beautiful gift we have at this moment and then working for the future because our bodies are something we could change you know it's not like it's not like you're just given this body and that's it here you go this is the one size and that's it you know like we could manipulate it and change it make it stronger make it faster lighter do whatever we want to do we could just it's a it's a an amazing machine you know and um everything is just like future-based future-based and and it's those habits you focus on the future like with your programming or whatever you set up this stuff um with these goals in mind so it's helped me like move away from things in the past you know and dwelling on the past because you can't go back there there's nothing there for you anymore you can only move forward and you have that potential in your hands right now and you're just molding that towards the future you know yeah that's always I connect with that really well because I think um, between you know playing soccer my entire life and then obviously switching into training and working out and lifting it's some of the only things that allow me to really be present and that's very hard for me because you know I'm a bit of a type a as well and I like to kind of ruminate on what I could have done better um so then that makes me think about the past but it also makes me think forward so then I my brain is either what did I do wrong or how could I do better so I'm like switching between the past and the future and I'm never present and I'm like okay like that's good to a degree but like what can we control like you're you need to like snap out of it and so Mm -hmm. when you're you know when you're moving your body and you're swinging around a a kettlebell or a barbell it's like girl you better pay pay attention because like (laughs) we got to be we got to figure out what's going on with your body right now right now you know like so yeah um, so that's always kind of like the blessing in fitness is because I'm like, it just makes you so aware of your body and movement. And then even whenever you start drawing your attention away from your own body and you're like watching other people or you're watching people, you know, work out in the gym or whatever, and you literally feel that energy leave your body and you like kind of like you're, you're noticing that it, it's just expanding outside of you. And then you're kind of like, why did I just mess up? Like that, like you got to bring it back and kind of get re in touch with like literally your core center and realize what, what's, what's your body doing, um, right now so that you don't make a mistake and get injured or whatever. So yeah, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Um, it is. Yeah, really. It's, it's funny how something like that can, you know, like growing up, you didn't think, you know, might you'd watch like, a like exercise, you know, shows on TV and stuff. And I never, ever, like, understood that or put those pieces together, how it could, um, you know, like, have such an impact and make you change, like, how you think about everything, about, you know, life, future, loss, all that. Like, it's just, it's so connected, you know. It's pretty it's pretty amazing. It is. Um, you know, I love, I love reading and I love poetry and all of the artistic expressions. And I always like, um, kind of always have like a, a song playing in my head or something like that. But is there a quote that's kind of stuck with you that you hold really close to your, to your heart? Um, yeah, and it's still, it's kind of it's funny. It's one that I picked up early, um, in my twenties, I guess. 
Um, I just thought it was cool, like from a movie, but it's never spoke more truth now than, than ever. But it's it's a funny. It's a quote from a movie. Um, it's from Fight Club. Okay. And yeah, it's Tyler Durden says in the movie, or Brad Pitt's character, he says, um, "It's only after you've lost everything that you're free to do anything." Yeah. Wow. And uh, I would just thought it was like a badass thing to say, you know, but it's so true, you know, and yeah. um, it like once you give up all of those things that we're holding on to that like, you know, even in this year with who we are, like who, what, um, like with my identity or my life, things that I've been doing and you just kind of give that stuff up and just free yourself from all like those burdens or chains or whatever, you know, all those things that kind of we feel that have to you know, hold us down into this specific role in our lives. Like you're free to do anything, you know? Right. That freedom so is beautiful. Awesome. Yeah. I feel I'm like kind of lame that it's from a movie maybe, but no, but I think it's, <laughs> but I mean, when like, you look at our culture, our culture is, is made up by, you know, people, music, movies, you know, all of, all of that art is make, they make us who we are. So it's a, it's, yeah. it's very impressionable. Now I know you have, kids so i'm sure you think about this you know whenever um a long 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 time from now when you know you leave this earth what do you want your legacy to be and what do you want to be remembered for or maybe what do your kid what do you want your kids to remember you for yeah that's that's a tough one you know our our mortality is always like the it's like the last thing on everyone's mind you know know. thinking about the end you know and it's always it's like the thing that holds us all together like that's the one thing that we all have to deal with no matter what but it's like the thing that we always want to talk about or think about the least and but yeah I don't know like I, I feel like as far as legacy goes just overall, you know, I've I've lost I have a lot I've lost you know my dad at a young age, and um, I think back about him. He had a kind of a painful life, um, but I think back on him, and like I always get like this warm, like feeling, you know, like in my chest, like a mm-hmm. smile, like physical, like I just like I feel so super warm. Right. And I want and I want like I want my kids. I want people, you know, think about you know me that same way. So when I'm gone, you know I'm. They think about how I touch their lives in a way that makes them feel good, like they're happy, you know, like Aww. despite whatever mistakes I've made or, you know, pain I may have caused or things I may have messed up, like the, there's an overwhelming sense of good when they think about my life. So, and as far as like my kids, man, I would, I would just, I'd hope that I taught them some, like, some way to just follow their heart and you know I sounds kind of generic but like to be themselves and not really worry about what people think you know I think there's so much drama and problems in this world that we we give um, ourselves by just worrying about what other people's opinions are of us you know and I just truly want them not to give a shit about anything and just be free mm-hmm. to be whoever they are you know if, like you know my son wants to be a professional break dancer or a astronaut or whatever you know i want him to know that i support him 100 percent, regardless of what anyone else says what society says what the normals you know quote unquote are like i just want them to be free just totally free to be themselves and not ever ever have any concern about what other people might think about them because i don't want that to hinder their lives you know yeah, I think that's a beautiful statement and I, you know, I if if we can do one thing and just become ourselves in our lifetime and in, in in the freest and uh, most honest and genuine expression, that would be the ultimate life lived, I believe. Nick, For sure. I appreciate your time so much today. Um I feel like this hour totally flew by. We got a couple yeah. minutes a couple minutes left. Do you feel like um you want to share anything else with anyone? Um, well, I feel like if people don't know already, I think that they need to understand that Mexican food is the best food on the planet. <laughs> I, would, I think people need to know that. Okay, okay. We'll put it down. 
as go you if you're not eating Mexican food right now, go do yourself a favor and order you what what's your favorite dish? What's one of your favorite dishes? I mean, I there's no such thing. I, I feel like I could go All to just, uh, any Mexican restaurant and just close my eyes and point out the menu and okay. I'll take whatever they give me. All right. Well, that's what we're going to do. Um, Nick's orders are go to the nearest Mexican food restaurant and if you don't if you don't have a good one, bye. Come on down to Texas or go yeah, go real. over and visit Nick, and maybe he can show you the right place. Nick, thank you so much. We appreciate your time. I'm going to make sure thank that you. people are able to connect with you, and we have your social handle and stuff. Um, thank you so much for listening to Behind the Name Tag, More Than a Coach, where coaches are humans too. I appreciate every human in their journey, and I hope to continue to connect and shed light on how uniquely beautiful we all are. Our differences are what make us unique, but it's our humanity that brings us together. Stay healthy, my friends. This is your host, Vanessa, signing out. Thank you so much again for listening to Behind the Name Tag, More Than a Coach. If you enjoyed this podcast, please make sure to hit that subscribe button. We are broadcasting on anywhere you can find other podcasts like Apple, Spotify, and of course, Anchor, where we're recording this podcast now. If you really loved it, which I'm sure you did, we would appreciate a five-star review and a share with all of your friends. Until next time, this is your host, Vanessa, signing out. Stay healthy, my friends.